But I, I feel like I've realized that the reason that I have started like exponentially aging um, is that I am refusing to learn how to use the new apps. I'm same. I don't want to learn TikTok and I don't want to learn Discord. And I, I know that's why I have this following question that I wanted to pose to you guys. What is Poggers? <laughs> oh. Ooh, ooh. What? I don't what think I've this? ever heard that word before. <laughs> what is Poggers? I know. What is, it. Po- is Poggers? Is Poggers the new Yeet? Um, no. So no. The best, the best that I can tell, Poggers is. It came from Twitch, I believe, and it's like from this like one dude's facial expression. It's like that type of thing that like sometimes stuff comes out and it's like not cursed for a little while. Like it's mm. fine and then it becomes mm. cursed. But Poggers, mm. I think, was cursed from like the get go. Anyways, from the it's, very start. Juniper, are you saying that you're not my little pog champ? What? <laughs> I am your I've also pog seen champ. that on the internet. I don't know what that means. Is it pogs like like it's the nineties like, and eighties no. toy? Are Pogs making a comeback? No, I don't think so. But it's in reference are- to Pogs, right? It is in reference to. Wait, what are you guys talking about? What's that? What's a what do you pogs? mean? Pogs. It's from the nineties when we were children. No, I don't think so. I don't it's think so. It's not in Those reference to Pogs. No. Okay, hold on. I'm looking. I it hate up because- this whole conversation, guys. Yeah. I literally, I thought the whole joke was that it was like you're a champion at the the sport of Pogs. It refers to a specific, um, like, emoji on Twitch. No, I know. but And it despri- it's like the surprised-looking Pepe. And Wait. he says poggers. And it's used to express... No, it's a human man. Well, I think it's a human man, but there's also a Pepe. Okay. And then it's used to express excitement when something, like in a video game, when something, like, exciting happens. You're like, oh, poggers, like... But why? Why? It's called poggers because of pogs. Like... I, I swear on the fucking holy Bible, that's why. All the teens no, it's who not. listen to this podcast are going to be like, wow, these old, it's not. old I think women. It's, I think it's because Pepe is a frog and starts with P, and so somehow that happened. They so, just decided to I, say oh poggers because a lot of people couldn't see the emote because you needed a certain extension. Guys, we started this conversation with Pat talking about being old. But by remembering Pogs, I have truly revealed myself to be the oldest man of all. I didn't know about Pogs. Oh, I remember Pogs. I also remember... Um, I don't remember Pogs. I just remember people talking about... Co- po- co- oh, it's Pog. <laughs> okay. So Pog Champ is the original, like, emoji. Right. Right. And didn't the the Pogger, the Pog Champ emoji got removed I because the this. man in the Pog Champ emoji was at the Capitol Hill riots? What? No. <laughs> what the I saw fuck? that. I saw no. that on Twitter. Oh yeah, there was like a is that what the is that what the um the controversy was about? And That's because I just remember seeing all these people on Twitter being like, you guys care more about an emoji than like this. It's not a called an emoji, it's called but, an emote. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this real? I don't, emote is a stupid word. <laughs> we only need one word. I hate it. Why are, uh, what is the difference between an emote and an emoji? There's no difference. Yes, there is. An emote, like, right? An emoji is, like, from your phone, and then an emote is, like, functionally the same thing, but, like, on Twitch or whatever fucking streaming platform you're on. It's the same thing. I you know that scene in Indiana Jones where they all just fucking turn to dust? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm never going to know if it was named after Pogs or not, and that's going to literally hurt. not named after Pogs. <laughs> what is it named after then? Happy Frog. It's <laughs> named after us playing some D&D. 
Hi, I'm Kat, and I am Heat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I... uh, Wild boars, feral hogs. (laughs) Uh, And I play Fran. A level nine wizard. Hi, I'm Juniper, and I wish that Kat had just said PogChamp. Um, I play Corbin. (laughs) Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'm really glad I'm not editing this episode. (laughs) And uh, my sorry, my Rudy. joke that I want to make is stop, stop! Can't you see he's already dead? Um, and I I play Slake. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that. That's it. That's it. You guys know that joke, right? No, yeah, uh, we do. That intonation just took me all the way out of my body. <laughs> it was just the tonal, the three tonal really shifts good. within that one sentence it's called acting it was the setup the delivery and then just the deadpan and i play slate and i play slate it was almost like something it was like there was more but it had already been edited out before (laughs) hannah could even say it right i don't remember where we left off and i I just want to be really transparent about that it's been a long time it was literally the end of like kingdom hearts one or possibly two i don't know three yeah you had to go through the door of darkness so Last, last time, uh, as Corbin and Slake were nearing the Great Crater, which is the spot that Dawson said you would be able to get Mary out of the void from, uh, you encountered a man fighting a demon. You helped him fight the demon, and the man said his name was Rupert, he was studying demons, and that there's an artifact in a nearby temple that could open a way up into the void. You learned a lot of fun facts about demons and human sacrifice. You went all up into that temple, you did some puzzles, you fought some more demons, and in the end, rather than fighting a super big, scary demon, you made a deal with it that when you open up the void to let Mary out, you will also let some demons out. And that was a good deal, and you will not come to regret it at all. Uh, The artifact that you found in the temple turned out to be useless, so you let Rupert have it, and you headed onward. Meanwhile... For the last several months, Fran has been in the void. Fran and Phelan had a date in the void. They held hands in the void, but Phelan couldn't get them out of the void because he used up all of the last of his power uh, getting them in there and had none left to get them out. And also, it turns out that if gods don't have any power to protect themselves in the void, they do sort of start to turn into fucked up monsters. So that was uh, happening. And then uh, Fran got a visit from some old friends who uh, <laughs> were not so happy to see her. And then you met a uh, old enemy, sort of. And when Kai came to visit and explained that, um, you know, yeah, yeah, things didn't go exactly the way she planned. But, you know, maybe you should just kill the forces. Um, yeah. And she revealed that Laika was Torvus' champion. Oh, yes. That yeah. was an important bit. Yes. And uh, Phelan got a prayer from his mom, which gave him enough juice to find Mary. Uh, Mary had built herself a realm and was able to shelter you guys in it. And you guys were able to check in on New Avalis, which is coming along nicely in some undisclosed location. The last thing we saw was Mary saying... Go, I'll hold them back, as uh, Fran and Phelan escaped through the tear in the void. So, that's not where we are now. 
Corbin and Slake, the two of you grow ever closer to the spot that Dawson marked on your map. The landscape around you doesn't change, and the horizon unrolls in an endless stream of dust and sandy dirt. Ancient, petrified trees poke out of the ground at places, blown sideways, dead and bleached gray by the unrelenting sun. You make camp one night in the crumbling remains of a stone building, with patterns of crows in flight carved onto the few remaining walls. And Burger Jurger spends the evening looking at these carvings, tucked up into her puffed-up feathers. This is all that remains of the place that was once a great forest. And yet, for Corbin, it is exactly what he was always taught the surface looked like. Here in the middle of this wasteland that Kai left after she raised the forest and rivers into the sky, you can almost imagine those stories to be true. When you wake the next morning, there's a strong, cool breeze from the east, and you hear snatches of music on the wind. A song you've been hearing since you left Ilfra. The lip of the great crater comes into view not long after. Dawson was dismissive of the name as uncreative, but looking upon it, you can find there is no better name for the place. It is a hole in the earth, a steep, jagged wound in the ground that stretches on and away for miles and miles. It's so deep that the bottom is just a vanishing line of darkness. And on the far side, you see a figure sitting with their feet dangling over the edge, strumming a lute. They spot you, raise an arm in greeting, and then go back to playing the song which has been drifting to you all day. They they raise an arm to greet us? Mm-hmm. I raise an arm back. <laughs> I say, hello? They just wave again and then go back to playing. Cor- Corbin walks towards them. All right, they are far far away. They're on the whole other side of the crater, so you have a ways to go before you reach I them. Terminator walk across the crater. <laughs> I walk in a way that abides the laws of physics in relation to the crater towards this person. Well, Corbin does whatever Corbin does. <laughs> I fly I fly across it, we'll say that. Oh, okay, you fly across while you leave. Yeah. All right, then Slake is the only one who gets this stuff. Good for you, Slake. So... Slake, as you make your way around the edge of the crater, you glance over and see that there is somebody walking beside you. It is a wizened old halfling man, tunelessly humming along with the sound of the lute. It's Rotter, the boatman who took you across Band Lake. Rotter? Oh, hello there, friend. Ah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. You've come a long way, haven't you? Uh... Uh, I mean, yeah, g- good to see you too. I didn't notice you materialize, <laughs> I guess. Ah, uh, that's all right. Thank you, I wanted to say. That's why I'm here. Thank you for being such good company on the road. I feel like... <laughs> Roder, can you speak in a manner that's more uh, literal and, and representative of... Of what it is that you're saying to me right now. (laughs) I don't know how to be more clear than that, young person. I'm just saying thank you. You are a good passenger and you've done well on this whole journey you've been on. And it's been good to travel with you. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks, buddy. Um, so I'm guessing, 
I'm guessing you're not just like a uh, like a standard ferryman here. I'm getting that kind of vibe from you, if I'm honest. Oh, I'm a standard ferryman, and I'm also a lot of other things. And then he takes a step back, and between one blink and the next, he's gone. And in his place, a mask clatters to the ground. The mask shows Rotter's face, cheeky and winking. Oh my god, um... I, I pick up the mask and I look around wildly and I say, Johnbo? Fuck. <laughs> uh, there is no response. And as you continue to walk around the crater, next you see Lala, the woman with the cart from before the gray. And then you see Spritz, who appears with a flourish of colorful sparks, bows to you and then drops away and leaves behind another mask. And next, it's Almanac Gray. He gives you little finger guns and turns and leaves behind a child's mask. And then Wanda, leaning on her broom, shooing you onward. And once you're past her, you look back and see that a mask has dropped where she was, too. Then Wilbur, who vanishes with a flourish of his cape. And then Rupert, who lights one of his smokes and then vanishes in a cloud of exhaled breath. Which leaves you at the edge of the crater, where you see a line of objects on the ground. An ice-cold, tear-shaped gem, a heart-shaped necklace, a pair of gloves, a set of golden eyes, and a pair of fur-lined boots. Corbin, you arrive at about the same time, despite... Distance shouldn't work like that. You should have arrived sooner. And yet, you come to be there at the same time as Slake. And you see on the ground next to the man who has not turned around. He's continuing to play his lute. It's the same book that you took from Torva's temple, which is laying next to him open to a bookmarked page. And the man turns around to look at you two finally and says, Ah, it's good to see you again. It's been a long road here, hasn't it? Slake drops the masks that they've been picking up as they've been continuing and covers their face with their hands, just doesn't say anything. It's like, where'd you get those masks? What the fuck? Corbin, I'm trying to process a lot of things right now. I need a minute. The man in front of you, he is beautiful, but entirely forgettable. And you can't quite fix him in your mind. He's not tall or short. His hair was somewhere between brown and blonde or Maybe black? Maybe a bit of red in there? It's hard to tell. It's hard to remember when you look away for even a second. His skin is either light brown or dark tan. His eyes could be any color. It's so hard to focus on him. And he gets up to his feet and he slings the loot around his shoulder and bends down to pick up one of the masks. He smiles fondly at the visage of Wanda, the little old woman in the forest hut, covered in flowers and vines. He says, I'm glad you got to meet me in all these different guises, in all these different lives. It is sometimes good to remember they are linked. I'm sorry for the deception. It's easier for me. So, 
All the people we met, they're not real? They're real, but they're me. I am many people. I have been many people for many ages. But they are all themselves as well. I become them. Wanda, and he strokes the mask, says, I have been Wanda for a long time. The village loves her, and I love them. And all those cats, ugh. I was never much of a cat person until I became Wanda. But they're fun, aren't they? Do you have, uh, so clearly, clearly you're of some, um, celestial persuasion. Could you have a god name? Error. I punch Corbin. I say, Corbin, it's John Bow, John Bow the Mask Maker. <laughs> and he smiles and says, Well, yes. When I am a god, I am called the Mask Maker. But I do not use that name very much anymore. As very little as I can manage it, truly. It's been a long time since anyone uttered that name in a temple. You see, before there were gods, I was just one person, and I liked to play pretend. And then, when there were gods, I was called the Mask Maker. And I got so very good at playing pretend that I could become anyone that I wished. But it is the way of things that us gods, all we do is make a mess wherever we step. And... Though I only ever strived for beauty and art, I built a city dedicated to plays and music, and I could use my power to be anything that my citizens needed. I could be a master sculptor, or an engineer, or a baker, or a painter, or a statesman, but that's all gone now. And I am here, to help you. Why? <laughs> Why am I helping you? Well, the fate of the world is at stake. And I'm very tired. I'm so very, very tired. A lot of us are. There are some, the ones who have concrete jobs. They're doing fine. Death keeps a person busy even as the ages stretch on. But for a mask maker? For a pretender? Life is too long. We were never meant to be so old. Corbin cracks his knuckles and says, You want us to, uh, to kill you? Uh, Slake's a certified god killer. Uh, Corbin, we can help you out. No! What? No. They seem tired. You can't just kill people because they're tired. I'm, I'm, well, this, we'd have consent. This, this person's almanac and, and you know, other people. We can't just go around. Well, you know, only if they want it. Anyway, so you, hey, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is what I've come to like about you, Corbin. You are very direct. I appreciate that. After eons spent with only the company of gods... One gets very tired of the games. I I hear ya. I'm almost 18. It's, it's a long time. 
Oh, boy. I told you of my city. It was a lovely place. But then I was boastful, and... I angered Rove, and she made the rains come, and they didn't stop. And I could not pretend my way into there being food for my people. I could not pretend my way into healing the diseases that spread through the flooded streets, and I tried to save them. To make them all pretend to be dead until I could find a way to stop the rains. But it didn't work. And Besk came for their souls eventually, so... Only their bodies are now left to pretend at life. And that was the last time I have been a god. I decided it wasn't for me. And I became many people. I became... As many people as I could. It's nice to be able to travel from one place to another across the firmament in the blink of an eye. If someone knocks on Wanda's door for a potion, well... Almanac just needs to duck into an alley for a minute. So, y- you are having us help you gather things, weren't you? Yes. I probably could have gotten them myself, but I've spent a lot of time outside the world, as well as in it, as well as pretending to be people, and time passes more quickly there. Sometimes it is easier to while away an age in the blink of an eye from the void than it is to endure it. And while I was there, I met someone. A remnant of a god. You just knew her as the goddess, I think. But she has a name, and it is Kai. And she found me in the void, and we shared a thought. That the world is too old, and we have gone on too long. And it is time for some things to end. And she thought you might be able to help with that. Sir, Kai is on my shit list. So you have to be real specific about your motives, your goals, and what you want us to do to play a part in them. Otherwise, like, I'm just going to walk away straight up. (laughs) It is a good question. These objects. Well, you see, it requires a lot of power to open up a tear in the void. Even out here, where things are still very thin, thousands of years after what Kai did, so much magic was used, it's easier here. But traditionally, we would have to sacrifice someone. But, and he gestures to the objects, and points to each in turn as he says, Eyes and tears and hearts and hands and feet for traveling o'er the land, for these are the things that maketh man. And uh, he takes out his lute, strums it once, and an altar rises with the objects on top. He gestures to the objects and says, I should explain before we go much further, so you understand what must happen. And if you can see any other options... You have the information to see them. You see, us gods, we were all people once. A very long time ago, and when we became gods, we were separated into two parts. Or rather, a part of us was given that can be separated. 
There are our bodies, and there are our souls. Our bodies, upon being granted godhood, were made immortal. And our souls, immortal as well. But if our bodies are killed, our souls go to the void, where they can exist indefinitely. If our bodies are not killed, we can also go to the void and take our bodies with us. But without a body, we cannot come back from the void. So you see, this is what has happened with Kai. When, well, when things went wrong for her, I suppose, when she was not able to move her soul from one body to the next, it was stuck in the void. But her power, you see, I'm not explaining this well, Kai, her body was never made immortal. Her soul was never given the ability to make another body immortal because her godhood was gifted to her. And a gift can be given, a gift can be taken, and a gift can be lost. So her gift traveled along her bloodline but did not stay with her soul. And what is trapped in the void is too weak to come back. Even if we were to sacrifice a dozen followers on an altar, she will never be what she once was. And now that her daughter has named herself, well, there is no chance for her anymore. So, this may come as a surprise to you, but she wanted to make sure that you did not sacrifice anyone to bring Mary back. For if you did, the power of the beast gods would be lost forever. Mary resides at the moment, body and soul, in the void. But she does not know how to get back. There is a trick of it, and she has not been taught. Perhaps she would figure it out eventually. But, well, I do not think we have that long... So, our options are these. These artifacts, they make it the person. We sacrifice them. We can open up the void. Summon Mary back. Or, we can open up the void and bring out Kai. What weak and little she is. But, it is an option. She may have more information to help us than she was able to communicate. I assume you do not wish to do this. Bring Kai back? Yes. No. Yeah, no, she can stay there and rot. Um, <laughs> when you say these objects make a person, do you mean symbolically, like we could sacrifice the objects, or? There is little difference with gods between symbols and reality. As we perform the ritual, we will create a person. They will exist, and they will die. But they will not ever have lived, either. Okay, so for for the sake of clarity, again, if we sacrifice this object person, does that do away with the beast gods? If yes, how? How sentient are these objects? Scale of a rock to... to me. <laughs> Please. I don't think you should be the end of the scale. <laughs> it's too bad Fran's not here. Is that Fran? <laughs> Take that back! <laughs> he shakes his head and says, a lot of questions. I will 
do my best here. We can use this body as a sacrifice to tear open the void and pull Mary out, body and soul, whole as she has ever been with all of the power that she has carried along her bloodline, as well as the power she has declared for herself. If we do that, if we tear open the void, the deal that we made, there will be things waiting on the other side to get out. Or we can also use this body as a stand-in for a person, and we can bring Mary out without her body. She will have less power. She may not be able to do all that she needs to do, but less risk of an army of demons coming through. If we use these objects to make Mary a new body, would she become mortal? She would become less mortal. The poison that Torva invented to kill us, and so many of us now have fallen to it, it separates the ability of a god to make their bodies immortal. And that is why Kai has died so many times and had to reincarnate along her own bloodline. It is practicality as much as it is ritual. Her bodies have remained mortal, and this is how she and Torva, misguided as they may have been, created a child with two godly parents. If we bring her back without her body and create a new body for her, she will in fact be immortal. She will no longer be tied to that bloodline which carries both mortality from the venom of the Kostra and the power of three intertwined gods. So, I I feel like this is fundamentally not our choice to make. Slake I, thoughts. <laughs> I, uh, I was just wishing we could ask Mary. I don't know if she'd want to be unable to die. It seems like that doesn't go so well for folks. Mary has thus far never communicated to me personally, at the very least, that she wishes to inhabit another body. I, I have to assume that that's not the right choice, given that knowledge. Jonbo, the reason you had us gather these objects, it was because you wanted us to be able to make a sacrifice without hurting anyone, right? Yes. You care for mortals, don't you? More than anything. I will be transparent because I consider the two of you my very dear friends. I told you that I am tired. That so many of us are so, are so very tired. Mortals would be better off without the gods. In every way, we do nothing but bring strife and conflict, and from our inception, that has been all we have ever done. I, I don't think that's entirely true. Perhaps on the small scale, no. But large scale, the webs we weave across the ages, they are always a noose that tightens around the world and kills it. Quickly or slowly, it is always what happens. And so, the plan that Kai and I agreed upon what she has always been after. It is not to kill the gods. It is to kill the forces. And let magic die in this world. And Mary can do that. She has 
the power of four gods funneled to her, she can walk across the void to Avadal, to the home of the forces, and smite them. I know it. I don't think that Mary would, would do that, though. I think you've made a miscalculation about Mary, the type of um, person she is. Also, if you kill the forces, who's to say the entire fucking universe as we know it doesn't just implode and die? I'd rather exist shittily than not exist at all. I do not know what will happen. Then you shouldn't fucking but- do it! Oh my god! Oh, these people! Corbin walks away in a fury. He storms around, he paces in a little circle. Jonbo reaches his hand back through his hair and shakes his head. It is hard to see from a life of only almost 18 years. Corbin makes a rude gesture at Jonbo. But I implore you to think of history, of the lives that have been lost. And if Torva succeeds in his plan, more lives will be lost. He wishes to shackle the forces to his own will, to lock us into this cycle. He has approached all of us, given us the same story that he will wrest the power from the forces and give us our own free will, but anyone with half a brain and an ounce of sanity left can tell that it would only be him holding our shackles. So, what if we kill Torva? Instead of the forces. Then his allies will take up the cause. What allies? Nobody likes him. Torva has many allies. Among mortals, who he has lied to, and among other gods, who wish for... Well, we all wish for freedom. Especially those who are tied to worse fates than I. For all of my whining to be the god of pretend is not such a bad thing. It is not so bad as a god of disease, as a god of betrayal. I think I'm back to square one. I think I want to kill all the gods. <laughs> I think that's really the solution here. Honestly, it's like, what do you think? Weigh in. Well, Corbin, I, if we kill the gods and not the forces, they'll just make new gods. It'll keep going. But I don't know if we should kill the forces. I think we should bring Mary back and... Whatever we do from there, we'll figure out. Then have you come to at least one agreement on how we shall bring Mary back? I think we should bring Mary back with her original body. So, like, what's what do you think? Jonbo, I trust that your care for mortals is real. So, if you think this is a way to bring Mary back without hurting anyone, then I think we should do it. Says, yes. Yes. Then let us proceed with the ritual. He picks up the book that you stole from Torva's temple and flips to a bookmarked page. He lays the book out on the altar and arranges the object as though they were laid out on a body, with eyes in the face and a teardrop just below them, the gloves laid out like arms, the boots placed like feet, and the locket at the center where the heart would be. He gestures to the objects and says, Now. They must be destroyed in the order that you collected them. The method of their destruction is up to you. I find hammers work very well. Do you have <laughs> it's like I don't do you have a hammer? I don't think I have a hammer. Um, well, I've got my Jumbo, do you do you have a hammer? Sorry, it's like <laughs> I yeah. think I do have a mace. Oh, that could work. A mace will work wonderfully. Now, 
Begin with the tear. All right, I I pull out my morning star and I smash it down on the tear. As you smash that first object, the ghostly outline of a person forms. And as you begin to smash the others, the tear, the heart, the eyes, the hands, the feet. Around you, the air shimmers like a heat mirage, and the breeze grows bitter cold, pulling at your hair and your clothes. Your horses whinny and shift uneasily, and Burger Jurger dives into a saddlebag to keep from being blown away. When you destroy the boots, the ethereal figure gasps, their back arches up off of the ritual block, and the mask maker takes them up into his arms and turns toward the crater, singing, chanting, words, but not words. Noises that sound like they should make sense, but they don't. And he stares across this great expanse of what was once a forest and is now a wasteland, and he drops the figure over the side. The ghostly image opens its insubstantial mouth in a scream which shakes the foundations of the earth, but it makes no noise. The place where they fell turns into a black dot that stretches into a jagged rip through which there is nothing. Just blackness and cold that you cannot see into, but feel pulled toward. And then there is a shriek of many horrible voices. And the mask maker turns around and says, That would be the demons, waiting to get through. Hold them back. And out of this crack, claws emerge tearing it open wider as two slithering inky black things slide out. You hear noise from the other side but nothing that you can make sense of. And please roll initiative. Five. Oh, I got a nat 20 on initiative. Alright, so two demons slither their way out of the crack in reality and Corbin, you are up first. Woof. Okay. What do these demons look like, Kat? They are insubstantial wisps of inky darkness, struggling to find a form in this new world. So they just sort of are uh, amorphous blobs of claws and teeth. I'm going to cast a spell that I've never cast before because I didn't know I had it. And it is Guardian of Nature. It's a buff. So it's not going to do any damage immediately, but I think I, I get to choose one of two forms, and I think I'm going to choose Primal Beast. Uh-oh. Um, Naturally. So basically, Corbin turns into the beast uh, from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, big Kingdom Hearts energy. Yeah, I'm just kind of here for that today. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that it does, uh, my walking speed increases by 10 feet, my strength-based attack rolls are made with advantage, and any like weapon attacks that I do deal an extra 1d6 uh, force damage on a hit. Cool. So you you hulk out. Do you actually look like the beast from Beauty and the Beast? No, yeah. It says uh, bestial fur covers your body. Your facial features become feral uh, and you gain the following benefits. So I look like, basically I turn into a, functionally I turn into a werewolf. But you've got a boob window. Fucked up. Oh yeah, you know I got a boob window. It's windy. just clean skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just smooth. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. All right. And that was actually a bonus action. So for my turn, 
I am going to cast Flame Blade. So then I'm going to go at the nearest entity, I guess. And um, 21. That super duper hits. 20 damage, cat. Oh, tell me how you kill it. Oh, shit. Okay. I run at this creature on all fours like the beast from Beauty and the Beast running on all fours. And then I take my flaming blade. I, I, I shing. It makes a shing noise. It comes right out of my body. And I slash <laughs> through the uh, ethereal, ephemeral demon creature, and it just disappears into smoke. It's gone. All right. Well, now there's only one demon, and it is going to attack you, Corbin. That's fine. That is uh, only going to be a 17 to hit. Does that hit you? No. My armor class is 18. All right. It does not hit. It's claws get tangled in your fur. It just takes your fur with it as it swipes. And now it is Slake's turn. All right. I'm going to attack the remaining demon with my rapier of wounding. Will an unnatural 20 Oh, it will. It will absolutely hit. 12 damage. 12 damage? Okay. just doesn't enjoy it. It doesn't enjoy it. It hates it. Well, I don't know what to tell it. And uh, second attack. Ooh, okay. So that's going to be over 20 to hit. That'll hit. Oh, and again, uh, another 12 damage. Tell me how you kill it. Well, yeah, I guess I I go in for that first um, attack and I swipe at it with the rapier and then I draw the rapier back and I plunge it into the center of it. Oh, and it just oozes and bubbles around your pick and then it explodes and disappears. You see the wisps of black sucked back into the tear in the void and the mask maker looks into the tear and he says I see them I see them they're on the other side call to them if they hear their voices they'll find their way back Phelan Fran Mary it's like you called for Phelan first (laughs) I just listen the number of syllables it just felt right I don't know why I can't explain it to you Mary Fran Phelan Hater Pence Olet Sora Donald! Goofy! <laughs> We've opened the door to darkness! Fran? Mary? Mary, Fran, Phelan! Can you hear us? And all of those people come out of the void. <laughs> oh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hey, it's me. It's Kat. It's your DM. How are you doing today? Uh, are you feeling good? Are you feeling fit? Are you hydrated? Are you here listening to this mid-roll? Um, I hope so, because otherwise, I don't I don't know how you're listening to this. If it's not through listening to the mid-roll, are you psychic? Are you breaking into my house to listen to me record this mid-roll? That would be weird. Please don't do that. Anyway, how are you doing? Are you are you feeling good? It's spring. The birds are chirping, the flowers are blooming, the uh, father winter has been once again defeated. He was uh, he was defeated this year in the, the wild hunt for father winter by a guy named Karth. Yeah, just came out of nowhere, really, really stomped the competition that Karth. Carthony, Carthony, he really did it. Cut off the head and buried it under the waters of the 
Blessed Lake Itasca to uh, cool the mighty Mississippi as it rages through these United States to the Gulf of Mexico, um, which doesn't have great beaches. So that's all Father Winter's fault. Anyway, um, welcome to the mid-roll. How are you? I already asked how you're doing. I'm doing fine. Thanks you for asking. Um, today I have a, a few announcements. The first thing I'm going to announce uh, is that, hey, listen, listen to this finale. You loving it? You feeling it? You feeling it? Uh, so this obviously are, uh, marks the end of arc six. We are just ramping up into recording arc seven now. Uh, so that's shaken out to be some good old classic fun. Um, coming up next, though, our next episode will be the arc six recap. Uh, that'll be on May 17th. And then it will be our arc six Q&A, which will be released on May 31st. But... If you have a burning question deep down in your little baby soul, uh, you gotta get that asked to us by Friday, May 7th. Uh, if you are a Patreon, then you can join us on that blessed day, and, uh, we will be live streaming our recording of the Q&A session, and you can ask some questions live. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Come check us out if you are not already a $5 Patreon. Uh, throw us $5 and come hang out with us while we answer your questions. Um, if you are not a Patreon, just make sure you send us that question of yours via Tumblr or Twitter or Messenger Pigeon. Um, I think those are really the three forms of communication that we check the most often. Oh, email, email, Rudy checks the email. Um, maybe don't send it to the PO box. I don't think it'll get there in time. Uh, maybe don't send it on Facebook because I haven't checked Facebook in years. I think literally years. Um, so, uh, again, the, get those questions into us by May 7th. That is this upcoming Friday. Uh, I couldn't tell you for sure what time we're recording it at, but I'm sure we will get that up on the Patreon. Just toot, toot sweet, toot sweet, just for all of you. All right, so next I would like to thank all those fantastic and frankly, just huge, enormous brained, big muscled, um, kind hearted people who left us reviews on their review platform of choice, be that Apple Podcasts or G Google, Google Play. I genuinely have no idea. I should figure this out. I host a podcast. Uh, but anyway, wherever you're leaving us reviews, thank you for leaving them for us. Uh, so these thank yous are going to go out to. Bellark Shipper, Scrawny Lumberjack, Eclair69420, Nice, Dragon Rider290, Cat Tour, Moist Drippings, and another Ashley Owen. Thank you guys so much for reviewing. That, honest to God, means the world to us. Uh, if you can support us in no other way, then that is the best, best way to support us. Uh, reviews help other people find us. Uh, so if you have shouted fruitlessly at all of your friends for long enough and they haven't listened, uh, try leaving us a review and maybe you'll find some new friends who do listen to our podcast. Um, speaking of that, you can also go to our Discord if you want to find new friends who uh, enjoy our podcast. I think that's I don't know how to link to a Discord. I think it's on our website, though. Um, so maybe go Google that and find some new best friends 
Uh, Speaking of best friends, I'll tell you who my best friends are. It's the people who are donating to us on Patreon. Uh, And those people who have joined the uh, army of best friends over there uh, this this past two-week span, uh, those people that I would like to thank are Clara May, Abramach, Fuzz Goddess, Elise Matthews, Horse Camp Adventures, Ainsley and the Gap are Unbreakable, Tiny Grandpa, Nora Klaus, Tyler Davenport, and Little Pascar. Thank you all so much for donating. Uh, you make it possible for us to do what we do. You are making it possible for me to dream of someday paying off my student loans. Because that's the American dream now. Um, but honest to God, you guys uh, blow me away every time we get new Patreons. I truly cannot fathom it. I cannot thank you all enough from the bottom of my heart. Um, so if you want to go over to our Patreon, check out what we're doing. Check out our live stream that's coming up uh, for the Q&A. That'll be on May 7th. Uh, check out previous live streams where we play games, um, do quizzes, uh, do doll makers, or just like hang out and chat. Um, those are always a lot of fun. We do those once a month. Uh, you can also join our mailing list at $10 a month. That's a great value if you want lots of uh, prints and love. Um, yeah, join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dames and Dragons. Uh, hey, maybe you should also check out this other cool show on Geekspective. I think you will enjoy it. Hey, Amber. Hey, Kenny. I've got a question for you. Okay. If you were going to come up with a new color of magic, what color would it be and what would the symbol be? Mustard and a vape. Ooh, nice. Good answer. One of many that you can hear if you listen to Red Mage, Blue Mage, our Magic the Gathering podcast that you can find on the Geekspective Network. Yeah, we talk all sorts of fun stuff, like we design cards, and we make up cards that represent us, and we talk about us. And we actually play against each other. So if you like watching YouTube videos and Twitch streams of people playing Magic, and you can't get enough, and you're on your commute, you can just listen to us play Magic. It's fun. Uh, So you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts now, and other major platforms. And also, we have it up on YouTube as well. That's true. And you can tweet at us. We're at RedBlueMTG. We hope to see you there. Wink! Gosh, wasn't that fun? Uh, Now, I want to uh, uh, give a message. A message from our store. If you would like to uh, send a message to a friend via podcast, uh, you can purchase one for yourself at damesanddragons.store. Yeah, pick one of those up. Make us say some things like Luke did. This message is from Luke. It is for Ivy. Uh, Luke says, I'm using the dark power of capitalism to summon our favorite podcasters to wish you a happy birthday. And it doesn't even use up a spell slot. That's showbiz, baby. Thanks for being such a great friend throughout the years. I love all of the trips, games, adventures we've gone on, and the stories we've come up with along the way. Especially, I'm so happy we've gotten to spend so much time together over the past year. It's been really sweet. I'm proud of you for working so hard at grad school. You're kicking ass and are one of the coolest folks I know. Bada bing, bada boom. And I can't wait to get into more shenanigans in the future. Grip it and rip it, bud. Happy birthday again, and I love you. Heart from Luke. Zelda. Zelda, please. I'm trying to record a mid-roll. Can you just hold on? 
She doesn't understand it, but her dinner's in one hour from now, but unfortunately she's a cat and she doesn't understand the concept of time. Anyway, Chantal, this last message is for you. As always, Chantel, this message is always for you. And I I know you're busy. I know you're you're buying a house like a real adult, which I just cannot freaking fathom. You're so responsible and cool. And I'm sorry to have to send you off on another mission, but it's what we gotta do here. Um, so with that said, the code word is Blueberry Bay. The sleeper agent is active. Go! in reality opens wider and you can see a bit of the other side. Fran and Phelan come tumbling through first, spit up out of the crater to land in a tumbled heap in front of you. You see Mary behind them, holding back a horde of demons that threatens to come through and some of them slip past her. And Fran, please roll yourself some initiative. Oh god, oh god. Sixteen. Sixteen, okay, all right. Is Phelan awake? He seems to be on the edge of consciousness. Phelan is not awake. As uh, you two tumble out of the void, Phelan is, he's breathing. He's still alive, but he does not look good. And I'm holding, like, we're both on the ground, but I'm, like, trying to hold him bridal styles. I have, like, one of his legs in the crook of my elbow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Four more demons come tumbling out of the void after Fran and Phelan. Corbin, you are up next. Corbin sees uh, Fran holding Phelan like a like a giant fucking infant, <laughs> struggling. Like I, he watches her knees. No, she's on. She's sitting down. <laughs> oh, it's oh, fully just symbolic. Oh. <laughs> he looks at them, and he says, "Fran, you came back to us exactly as I expected you to." <laughs> What? Thank God. Oh my God. Don't Thank look you. at me. <laughs> and then he rushes at one of the demons uh, with his flame sword. Uh, thank you, Wolfman. <laughs> oh my God, and Slake. I just go, Fred. I kiss my two fingers. I hold them out to you. I, I cry. All right. So these new demons that have uh, come out of the void... They're looking a little more substantial than the ones that came out before them. These have four legs and mouths full of bright blue teeth that go all the way down their throat. And they stare at you with these vibrant, icy eyes before they lunge. And Corbin, you get to meet them first. What do you do? After my confrontation with Fran, who doesn't know who I am, (laughs) I I am going to go at them with my flame blade again. 26. Okay, that hits. 12 damage. All right, you hit the demon with your flaming sword and it hisses and you see steam escape its horrible maw. And now it is Fran's turn. Fran, how are you feeling? Back into the light of day again and uh, there are demons and also a wolf man. Uh, Fran is a feeling, I mean, this is a, (laughs) you know, Mondays. (laughs) <laughs> Fran is very disoriented, but she is going to try and attack the demons because she's very afraid that some of them know about her crimes. <laughs> um, uh, how close are they together? They are roughly like five feet apart in a line. 
I am going to cast Cone of Cold on all of them. Okay. Good old Fran with the AoE damage. That's what I've been missing. That's We've f- all been missing it. Okay, so they each need to make a constitution saving throw as Fran untangles herself from Phelan and stands up in a glowing blue aura that shoots towards them and freezes the air. That is a 23, a 19, a 17, and a 7. Okay, well, they all pass except for the 7, but they're still going to take half damage. Okay. The one with the 7 takes 39 damage. Oh, you'll have to tell me how it dies. It freezes over like the side of a of a chest freezer and then dissolves into snow that falls down into the crater. <laughs> so the other three will all take 19 damage as snow falls around in the desert. Okay, all right. They're all looking a little bit frosty, and now it is their turn, and they're going to go right for old Fran, who has done crimes that they know about. <laughs> no! Fran's never done anything wrong in her entire life. No, not my crimes! Oh, they, uh, well, two of them rolled very, very badly, so that is going to be a total of 10 and a total of 13. The other one rolled a natural 20. So it is going to make a claw attack on you, um, and that is going to be 11 damage. Times two? Yeah, that'll be 22 damage. Good God. Um, The other two, after failing to get in, because they they all like crowded around you and only one of them could get to you. So the other two are going to, on their second attack here, they are going to go for the wolfman. So that is going to be a 18 and a 20. Four. So those will both hit you, Corbin. They, yeah, they both hit, yeah. Okay, and then the other one is going to attack Fran again on its second attack, but that is only going to be a total of 12. Doesn't hit. Doesn't hit. Okay, so then uh, for Corbin, they are going to hit you for 19. And I, I'm holding my bloody arm gash, and I'm like, no, Wolfman! <laughs> All right, Slake, you're up. Save the day. Yes, Okay. I'm going to run over to Fran and Phelan to try and protect them mm-hmm. and their little 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 soft bodies. And the demon that just attacked uh, Fran, I'll I'll go for that one. Okay. Oh fuck. Okay, that's a twenty. Oh, oh, nice. A natty twunt. So I I run over to Fran and Phelan and I shout, "Back off!" <laughs> and so that is going to be uh, sixteen damage. Okay. Well, tell me how you kill it. I strike out. And I slash that bad boy right in half. Oh, and it looks so cool when you like slice through with your rapier and then like on the other side is Fran, framed by these two pieces of demon that are falling apart. Beautiful. You love to see it. (laughs) You love to see that. (laughs) Well, then I will go and attack yet another demon. 19. That'll hit. Seven damage. Okay. All right. It is looking bad, but it is still standing. Um, Now we're back up to Corbin. I cannot, I can't use the spell unless, Slake, you consent to being potentially damaged. Actually, certainly damaged. You would be damaged. I'm fine. I haven't taken, I've taken literally five points of damage. So if you want to just fucking kill me, it's- I mean, you'll have to look into Slake's eyes afterwards and know what you did. Corbin looks into Slake's eyes right now and he gestures an explosion. He makes an explosion gesture and then he points up many more times and then he points at Slake and then he points at the demon and then he makes a circle with his hands. And then he does a shrug, like, eh? <laughs> Slake shrugs and squints in a gesture that you can only interpret to mean, I guess? <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's good enough for Corbin. Corbin casts, 
erupting earth. A fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on the point closest to the demons. I'm going to try to avoid Slake if I can. I don't know if that would then push it in. I want to avoid Fran more than I want to avoid Slake. <laughs> they have to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, so Slake, you will make that as well. Uh, so that is going to be a non-natural 20 and a 18. They both make it. Slake, what's yours? It's a natty one. No, 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 Slake, don't do this. So I guess I guess I die no, at Corbin's hands. You just take but you damage. will take some damage. Okay. You've never wished to l- roll low before. So, um, Slake. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it's like you do take 25 damage. And uh, the demons take 12 damage. Was it worth it? It is. They are both dead. It, okay. And Describe how you kill two demons and Slake. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, as as the beast, he does that attack that the beast does in Kingdom Hearts, where he jumps <laughs> to the ground. Basically, he leaps on the ground and like stomps it with his little front paws. And then from his paws, a big, a bunch of like rock and earth and stuff, like a little earthy quakey comes out and um, (laughs) it hits Slake real hard. (laughs) Slake just like, Slake like tumbles on their ass and gets stabbed in the ass by some of the rocks. Oh, it's like when you accidentally sit on a pebble with like your full weight. Yeah. Except a hundred times worse. It's very painful. Yeah. But the the demons get fully impaled and die. Slake looks uh, significantly beat up, but like thumbs up and goes, I'm okay. Corbin has tears uh, running down his furry face and he says, Slake, I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's good. And Fran, Fran runs to Slake (laughs) and is like, what did that wolf man do to you? It's okay. He's kind and gentle. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? And then Fran looks towards, is the is the rip still open? It is still open. And you look towards the rip and you can see Mary behind you holding back a horde of demons with a shield of golden light. And they're pounding on it and pressing on it. And the moment she lets it down, the moment she turns around, they're going to get through. And Jonbo, the mask maker, puts down the book and this ritual to keep open this tear in the world begins to fade from his lips and he looks at the two of you his friends at Slake and Corbin and says thank you it's been a wonderful journey and then as the tear is closing he dives in and grabs Mary bodily and throws her out just as the demons close around him and Mary falls out into the world and Slake and Corbin she looks different her clothes fit impeccably, her hair has come back in a beautiful halo of black threaded with gold and the tear marks on her face have become permanent marks of gold from her eyes dripping down her cheeks But she's smiling as she looks at the two of you and signs, Slake? Corbin? Is it really you? Wait, Corbin? Mary! Mary, Godhood made you so hot! I'm so happy for you! She was always hot, Corbin! Well, okay, yeah, but like, you know... Mary looks 
back at you, Fran, and then points to the, the bald spot in the center of Corbin's chest and signs, it has to be Corbin. Oh, it has to be Corbin. It could only be Corbin. <laughs> Corbin looks at Fran and is like, you didn't know who I was? You should take that as a compliment. <laughs> and uh, Mary runs forward and she hugs Slake and... Corbin, you feel an irresistible tug as you are summoned into the hug. Whoa! Corbin yells like he's on a roller coaster and lets his body fly into the <laughs> And she also, like, gets Fran in there as well. And Fran, Fran, like, stumbles over willingly, but she's looking around being like, are we in the desert? What's going on? Does, um, does Phelan also, does Phelan's unconscious body unconscious also get dragged body. into the hug? <laughs> no, Mary does not manipulate his unconscious body into the hug. Well, that's, oh, that's her choice. That's her choice. <laughs> and she uh, she pulls back and wipes real tears from her eyes. But they're not permanent. And they're gone as soon as they appear. And she signs, how did you do this? Where, where are we? Oh, it's kind of a long story. Well, you'll have to tell us all about it. I suppose we have some long stories of our own. Fran is like looking very confusedly between everyone. And she's like... Not that long. <laughs> it's been months. Fran, it's been months. It's, it's, you think I just grew all this hair in a couple days? Oh my God, Corbin. <laughs> the hair thing is unrelated, but it has been months. <laughs> oh. I look at Mary and I look at Phelan and I look at you guys and I'm like, I missed my birthday. <laughs> Mary oh, shit. considers this and signs. If you missed your birthday, does that mean your birthday has been pushed out further? No, because I'm still the oldest. I look really, just really dramatically at Corbin. <laughs> are you? I Fran, am. are you still the oldest, though? If you haven't been physically aging, Fred, are you still the oldest? Your mind has Who says aged. I haven't been physically aging? Look at these! I point to my eyes where ostensibly there could be, like, lines. <laughs> they look the same. They look the same. I'm the oldest! <laughs> no! I have gray hair! And I, I put some sand in my hair. <laughs> Is Phelan okay? I look at him and I'm like, well. <laughs> Mary disentangles from the hug to go check on Phelan. And she signs, he's still breathing. I think he's doing better here than he was in the void. Oh my god, nobody checked to see if he was breathing until now? I checked! And he seems like he's bre- he's fine. He seems like he's free. Look, I I I I say, look, gar- guardian meeting. Come here, you guys. Come on, come on, come on in. <laughs> oh, I missed I missed this. And we huddle up, and I say, Corbin trots in. Phelan may be five percent at least evil again, and we all just need to prepare ourselves for that. Wait, 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 friend. What can you elaborate? Please, can you elaborate on that? Can you elaborate? Um, he had a freaky twin double that did this to me. I I do like a so-so sideways thumb. <laughs> Are you saying that he might be evil because he had a twin who wasn't madly in love with you? Is I that- hit both of you guys on the shoulder and I'm like, why did it take you months to get us out? I We were trying. We, tr- oh, we were busy. We, we went all over and we met all these people. And then it turned out that all the people were Jonbo. And is Jonbo dead now? This is a different continent. <laughs> We're on a different continent. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Fran. So you think before you speak. You sound a little bit choked up, Corbin. Are you? No, I'm fine. Hey, do I sound choked up now? 
I'm fine. You sound like maybe you're happy to see us. I said. No, I'm. This is just regular for me. I'm. Just, I have no opinions about it. <laughs> she pulls you both. She pulls you both into another hug, and she's like, "I win and you lose." <laughs> Corbin punches you repeatedly in the hug. Ow. <laughs> His fists are very large right now. They're like meaty little paws. You should really turn back into a boy. (laughs) I have one minute left. (laughs) How did you survive in the void? Oh, you know, I guess there is kind of a long story now that you mention it. (laughs) And uh, as you are talking, Mary is tending to Phelan and a golden light emanates from her hands as she smooths back his hair and touches his temples and his eyes flutter open and he coughs and he's why is there d- dirt in my mouth <laughs> my bad <laughs> he looks he opens his eyes and he looks around and goes we're out i ripped a hole in in space time <laughs> we made a deal Did with you- some demons yeah. and then we also created a homunculus and then sacrificed it Oh my god. To get you back. And I flirted with a god and I think he's dead now. <laughs> I forgot about that. Aren't you married, Slake? Shut up, Fran. <laughs> Slake has been doing some Slake's been oh man, you guys you don't even know. What? <laughs> and uh We discovered erotic poetry. Oh no. Corbin. Underfoot. The earth shakes and when you look over the edge of the crater you see there is still a black dot that remains in the spot where the tear was opened and a single claw which managed to wedge itself into the hole pressing it open corbin runs over and steps on the claw uh it's like (laughs) over the edge of the crater like you, you cannot step on it it is in open air. He turns into a bird and he smashes on it with his little bird feet. <laughs> Your tiny bird feet are ineffective against this claw as it presses and squeezes out first one horrifying hand and then a slimy arm with a massive black sword attached. And then it rips open a hole just long enough to get through it's that demon from the temple. The one you made a deal with. Is it the same one that tried to make a deal with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, what was that about making a deal with a demon? And it says, We had a deal. I wanted a deal. I'm hungry. I'll feed. And, uh, it's going to attack. Can I summon Dawson? On your he turn. He loves a deal. On your turn. He loves a deal. Okay. Why the fuck would you summon Dawson? Because I want this to be his problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love creative solutions. Um, so, uh, Corbin, we're just going to stick with the old initiative. You are up first. I would like to... Now, Kat, remind me what I need. I just need to put a coin... In a jar? Yeah, but you don't have the jar anymore. It was in Fran's bag of holding. Fran, do you have the bag of holding still? I I show my like my my bag that is across like it's like a crossbody bag. I show. <laughs> I've been wearing it the whole time. Corbin reaches out and pulls the jar. 
That's gonna you're gonna have to take a whole action to get the jar out. I'm determined to bring Dawson into this situation because I want. All right, this. so you just launch yourself into Fran's back. Ah! I pull out the little jar to summon Dawson. I see the jar and I say, Corbin, what are you doing? This demon wants to make a deal, and I know somebody else who loves a deal. We already made the deal. Yeah, I don't care. Why did I have to come back to this? All right, Fran, you are up. Well, I think I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself. I do a very cool anime pose, and I become covered in shimmering armor. Cool. That's it. Cool. All right. Uh, now it's And Mr. also I De- run and hide behind Slake. <laughs> All right. It is the demon's turn, and uh, it's going to go after Corbin. It's going to try and knock that little jar out of your hands. Oh, okay. Uh, that is going to be... 27 to hit. Well, that does hit me, Catherine. That does hit you, yes. Uh, So that is going to be 10 damage, but please make a constitution saving throw. That's over 20. Okay, so then you are going to take an additional 11 as the demon slashes out with its sword arm and slices you across your boob window. (laughs) Oh, and Corbin, will you please make uh, we'll call it a dexterity save to keep hold of your tip jar. Nine. Oh, nope. You, the tip jar goes rolling out of your hands mm. and s- across the dirt. You will be able to recover it if you'd like. Okay. I, can I yell at somebody else to recover it for me? Yeah, of course. You, you no, okay. I look at my, I look at my friends and my family and I see unwilling expressions on their faces <laughs> and I don't even cry out. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right, uh, now it is Flake's turn. <laughs> I shout to the demon. Technically, we agreed that we'd open a door you guys could come through. We didn't say anything about what we'd do once you got through it. And then uh, I attack with, I guess I'm going to attack with the, the rapier of wounding again, because again, I'm not sure that he's going to be vulnerable to non-magical attacks. You're right. Does a 21 hit? Yes. Yes, it does. Hurrah. Five damage. Okay. And second attack. Hmm, that would only be a 14 to hit, but I think I'm going to do precision attack so I can add a 1d8 onto that. Ooh, okay, so that's only a 3, so that's 17. That will hit. Oh, cool. Need to beat it. 11 damage. Okay. And again, since it's sort of wounding and I hit him twice, he's going to take a 2d4 necrotic damage at the start of each turn unless he beats that uh, 15 wisdom check. Uh, All right, now it is Corbin's turn again. I'm going to do what I really should have done last turn because I forgot that it was a bonus action. Uh, So I'm going to cast Guardian of of Nature on myself again, but this time I'm going to use the form Great Tree. So my skin turns barky, nasto, and leaves sprout from my little hair. Oh, God! Yeah, that's right. Little twigs and leaves. I'm growing. What my little is hair that? is growing out, <laughs> and uh, I gain ten temporary hit points. Uh, my Constitution saving throws are made with advantage, and my Dexterity and Wisdom based attack rolls are made with a re- advantage. Also, uh, the area within fifteen feet of me is difficult terrain for my enemies if they want to come. I want to come at you. Did you put down roots? Yeah. Though I suppose you're in a desert, so it wouldn't really be vines. It would be like brambles and tumbleweeds. The roots of cacti. Mm-hmm. Yes, cacti roots. Yes. Neat. All right. Uh, you have an action too, right? Yes, I cast that. And then for my action, I would like to grab the jar and throw a coin into it. 
I scream, what the hell, man? <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is we've never actually summoned Dawson mid-battle before. Are we cool with Dawson now, Francis? <laughs> no, no. Fran, he's probably going to kill us. Oh, God. Well, if he does, it'll he'll have to also deal with the demon. I'm just saying, I'm unhinged. I'm ready for this. All right, well, you have, uh, you have put a coin into the jar. And now it is Fran's turn. All right, well, I'm going to cast a fireball. And I'm going to say, God, what are you, obsessed with me? <laughs> and I believe he needs to make a dex saving throw. 19. Okay, fine, it passes, but he still takes half damage as he dodges out of the way, but the fire still ripples through the oh, air. Oh, it's a fire damage, huh? Oh, is it going to be half again? Uh, no, in fact, he takes no damage and emerges from the fire unscathed. Oh, he's completely immune to fire? Yeah, he sure is. All right. Fuck this guy. Well, I guess I'll put my flaming sword away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's, uh, it is now the demon's turn, and he's going to take those 2d4 wounding. Yes. And that is going to be four extra damage. Got him. We got him. Hey, it's not nothing. Uh, he is going to make a constitution saving throw here. And that is only a 12. Not going to do it. All right. And now he's going to make his attack. He's going to uh, use his ranged attack so that he doesn't have to get too close to Corbin's difficult terrain. He is going to like leap out of the fire and his horrible claws shoot out as ranged weapons from his hand and then oh. reform as soon as they have left him. Ew. That is going to be 23 to hit. That will hit you. That'll hit. Yeah. Yeah. 19 plus, uh, please make a constitution saving throw. 22. Okay. That will pass. Uh, so you will only take half damage, an additional 10 damage. So that's 29 damage? That is 29 damage. I have a cool 16 no. hit points <laughs> between uh, between Corbin and the oh, demon Jesus. attacking me. Oh, and so he, he shoots these projectiles from his claws and they bury into your skin and acid oozes up out of them, which you are able to get them out of your skin before the acid burns you too badly. But it sucks. Cool. I cough up some blood and <laughs> I say uh, to the others, well, I think I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go in for an attack, assuming that one of you can help me with this after that. Corbin gives you a thumbs up. Not it. I squint really hard at Fran and I say, cool. And uh, I, I'm going to attack this demon again with my, my rapier. Does a 27 hit. Oh, it super hits. Yeah, Damn right it does. 11. And then a second attack that is going to be 22 to hit. That'll hit. 12 damage. I am going to use a bonus action mm -hmm. and do my second wind. Oh, good. And I can regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus my fighter level. So that is uh, 14 hit points that I regain. Oh, good. Oh, good. And now it is Mary's turn. She spent her last turn tending to Phelan and getting him out of the way since he is still not in fighting shape. But now she stands and golden light emanates from her hands as she signs a word of healing, a mass word of healing uh -huh. at fifth level. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. So that's going to be 26. 
And that's for everyone? Yes. And so everybody gets 26 points of healing. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Damn. I'm back up to full health, baby. All right. Thanks, Mary. And she gives you a thumbs up. I might cast what I was going to cast anyways, just because it's fucking useful. All right. Well, it's your turn. I'm going to cast Healing Spirit at the second level. Oh. It is a nature spirit that will soothe the wounded. Uh, and I'm going to cast it. It's a five foot cube. So I'm going to cast it like on Slake since they, I think, still have the least amount of health. Basically, this cube lasts for a minute. Um, if you move into it, you will be healed. Nice. Um, yeah, it's very cool. And so it will heal Slake for an additional 2d6 hit points. Love this cube. I rolled a one and a six. So Slake, you get uh, seven more. I like it. I love it. Nice cube, Corbin. Thanks, Slake. Awesome it's cube. Pretty, pretty much the same amount of healing as Mary's spell. So I'm sure that's all true. All right. Uh, now it is Fran's turn again. Okay. Really, fuck this guy because he's like immune to most of my powerful things. Don't you have like if he's immune, immune to fire? Is he also immune to like ice and shit? I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I'm not going to test it. I am going to try and cast Phantasmal Killer on him. Ooh. I would like to kill him phantasmally. Such a cool name. Well, that sounds just fantastic. Yeah, you do love to hear that name. Phantasmal Killer. Frantastic. <laughs> Frantasmally. Okay. <laughs> he needs to make <laughs> the uh, Phantom of the Opera. All right. He needs to make a wisdom saving throw. I pray that he's not wise. All right. So that is going to be a. 16 wise. Hey. <laughs> yeah. On a failed save, becomes frightened of, of something that only he can see. Oh. And um, at the end of each of his turns, before the spell ends, which I'm going to keep it going for a while, he will need to succeed on another wisdom saving throw or take a bunch of damage. Okay. So let's look at what frightened means. It means that he has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls, and he can't move it willingly move closer to the source of his fear, which I suppose would be like kind of in front of us, so he can't like come closer to us. Um, and Kat, what is this demon afraid of? Please say it's Dawson so that Dawson can then also appear. <laughs> no, I think his fears are uh, fairly existential. Uh, mm. Starvation would be his biggest fear. Aha. Uh-huh. That's fair. So as far as he can see, he's back in the void. Yeah. Yeah. Or like that in front of you now is an entrance to the void. Ah, and he, sh- and he shan't come towards it. Ha 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 And at the, again, at the end of his turns, he'll need to make a roll each time. Um, Fran is doing insane jutsus with her hands that you've never seen before. And they're <laughs> like so beautiful. And um, you, just, you all are amazed and you bow down and worship her. And we say, could it be? The eighth Hokage? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, well, then that is Fran's turn. Now it's the demon's turn. He uh, is frightened. Takes. Oh, he's frightened. And he takes seven. I'll take it. So, uh, oh, and he makes his constitution. It is like 29. So he is no longer going to take the wounding damage. You're right. Okay. He is going to attack Slake since you are the only available target, thanks to the void. Then he's just going to go at you with his sword arm. His arm, that is a sword. Good thing I got my cube. Yeah, you got, yeah, your, you cube. got your cube. Um, that's going to be a 26 to hit. That'll hit. Six damage, plus please make a constitution save. 18? No, oh, you did it. You did it. Hey. So you'll only take half damage from his poison. 
So you take 19 damage as his sword arm slashes out at you again, and the terrible poison that coats him burns your skin but does not take root. Oh, and now he has to make a wisdom saving throw, right? For his phantasmal killer? Yes. Two plus. (laughs) So that's eight. Okay, well, he's going to take 21 psychic damage. All right, he staggers back as the uh, psychic damage from his fear of the void assaults his mind. And now it is Slake's turn. All right. And now, uh, remind me, with the cube. Yes. So if you start your turn and you're still inside the cube, mm-hmm. um, you get two more d6 health. Not that much. You get four more health. You know, I'll take it. With the power of the gods and the cube on my side, <laughs> I make this next attack. 27 to hit. Oh, that hits. For damage, that is going to be 12. And second attack, that's going to be 24 to hit. That'll hit. Nine damage. And you can take two little d4s. Just bring them right back. Bring them right back now, y'all. All right. Uh, now it is Mary's turn. Kill him, Mary. Kill him. She is going to cast Spirit Guardians. So she calls forth a golden light which swirls around you and the demon slake. And it does not affect you because she can designate a number of creatures that are unaffected by it. The affected creature's speed is halved in the area. And it is going to need to make a wisdom saving throw. If super doesn't pass, that is a nine total. Uh, And now it is going to take 3d8 radiant damage. Uh, Okay, so he is going to take a nice 13 damage from that. And he will have to continue to make that save on every single turn. Mary's back. Hell yeah. Mary's back, and she's badder than ever. Mary's back, my god. Uh, Now it is Corbin's turn. Um, I'm going to cast Blight. I knew you were going to cast Blight. Oh, good old Blight. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Blight. And I'm going to cast it. I'm going to cast it at the fifth level. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Corbin's not fucking around. It's my only fifth level spell slot. Uh, He will need to make a uh, constitution saving throw. Oh, that is a 20. Uh, Okay, so that's a total of 44 damage. Uh, He will take 22 instead. Tell me how he dies. (gasps) Yes! 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 The giving tree Uh, has given him a passage right back to the void. The taking Um, tree. (laughs) My (laughs) life taking tree. The little brambles that are sprouting forth from beneath my little legs snake towards him and uh, trap him in their little snares and then weep a terrible necrotic sap from their little tendrils. And then he slowly just dissolves into a meaty... A disgusting pile of um, dissolved <laughs> necrotic flesh. Oh, God! Corbin, uh, uh. that's so gross, Mary Signs. <laughs> I, well, it works good, though. I mean, look at the results. You can't argue with the results. The demon collapses in on itself, shrinking and sucking in its own limbs into a dark, slimy mass that is its body. A new arm reaches out from the mass and is then reabsorbed, and another tries to push its way out when a knife comes slicing through the air. It hits the mass and buries itself in the pile of demon goo. The mass continues to shrink in on itself until nothing is left but a knife and a dark stain on the barren ground. 
Never fear, fellow champions! I'm here to save you! <laughs> and you turn and see a halfling in rich red velvet with gold brocade lapels of his vest and a dramatic long blue coat of dark blue lined with shimmering gold linen. And he's wearing a pair of gold-heeled boots with a lute strung across his back. It's Diamond, baby! <gasps> Diamond! <laughs> you got us! You got us like a damn cat! God damn it, you got us again, cat! Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh! And he has on him, he has a big pack, which he slings down from his shoulder with a dramatic flourish, and he starts to unload it, and he says, My patron, you see, has sent me on a quest to meet you here, and all across these wild lands I have been, tracking down mystical items for this ritual. And he pulls out, like, a pair of bronze hands and, like, a, a <laughs> silver heart. Yeah, Corbin Corbin falls to his knees, and he's just kind of speechless. Like, I, and, and Fran is just, like, making anime sound. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Slake puts their hands up in confusion and is <laughs> just like, who is this? But Mary, like, crosses her arms and um, then signs... You're a little late. <laughs> and <laughs> Diamond looks the up one and he person looks at Mary doesn't like. I love it. <laughs> and and he looks at them and he he counts. He's like one, two. What? And then you hear the clippity clop of little hooves. And when you turn, you see Dawson leading his donkey, looking a bit put out. Oh, pack it away, Diamond. We're too late. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that an inconvenience for you? <laughs> yeah, is that tough for you, Dawson? <laughs> what? Why? <sighs> and he looks at Diamond, who looks a bit confused. And Dawson like picks up the pack, and all of the items that Diamond has unloaded from it just suck back into the pack. And he tosses it over Delilah, his donkey's saddle. And he says, away with you, Diamond. You are no longer needed no, here. No, no, wait, no, wait, no, he wait. stays. Dawson, I'll make you a deal for a private concert. Please don't. <laughs> Fran. And Mary like slaps her arm, Fran, and she signs, now is not the time. What? <laughs> no, I, no, Fran. When are we going to get an opportunity like this again? Fran, I'll go into the deal with you. I know. I'll go into the deal with you, Fran. I shake, I shake both of Corbin's hands at the same yes. time. Yeah, we're shaking hands. <laughs> what is happening? Um, Dawson looks at you both and he says, we'll come back to that deal. Diamond, don't go too far. And uh, Diamond sort of looks around and he sighs and he goes, as you wish, my patron. And then he clicks his heels together, his little golden <gasps> heels, and he takes a leap. And those are seven league boots. And he just leaps away. Oh, my God. Diamond. <laughs> oh. Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawson sighs and says, again, we'll come back to that deal about a private concert. I'm always interested in deals, but he does not need to hear the rest of this. I love the boy, but put all his points into charisma. Now, I see... Someone else has already come along and solved your problem. Tell me, who was it? Who beat me to it? Tell me it wasn't... Oh, tell me it wasn't Hetlia. I don't know what she's got going yeah, on. Yeah, it was Hetlia. 
<laughs> yeah, Helia came down and took care of it. Yeah, that's that sounds like something she would do. Fran yeah. just like looks around and seems is like, yes, it was probably Helia. Yeah, because Fran has no fucking idea what's going on. Like, she's <laughs> uh, please roll me. Uh, Deception check. Deception? I mean, you don't need to roll deception, Fran. You genuinely have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm going to roll insight against your deception. I got um 18. Okay. I got 14. Uh, all right. So that is going to be a non-natural 20 from Dawson. Bitch. Fucking Dawson. Well. He sighs and he goes, oh, don't lie to me. I can tell when you're lying. That's like my <laughs> whole thing. We don't have to tell you anything. Yeah, I hey, I fucking summoned you here to help, and you just show up five minutes late with Starbucks and be like, oh no, how difficult it is for me, poor Dawson, oh. Yeah, you tell him. I used to know somebody named Starbuck. <laughs> it, was a, it was a male deer. He was very beautiful. Aww. And he says, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want me to throw diamond into that mess, can you imagine? If he got his beautiful face smashed in by a demon, oh. what a tragedy that would be. Oh my, uh. Yeah, well, what about you? You don't have a beautiful face. Yeah! <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, you're wrong. And I don't involve myself in such things. That is not really my area of expertise. <sighs> well, I suppose my leverage is gone. Unless, and he turns to Mary... You see, I did send them out here on this quest. I told them where to go. And Mary looks at him and signs, What do you want? And Dawson says, Well, why else would I be here, supplicating myself to the new god of survival? Whatever comes, I want to survive. Oh, grovel. Get down and grovel, bitch. I don't think we should. <laughs> On your knees. Guys, I, I, I pull Corbin and Fran aside and I say, uh, guys, we really, I mean, I, I, I know we don't know how things are going to shake out, but do we really want to start, you know, whatever, whatever's coming with an alive Dawson? Is that is that really the direction we want to go in as a group? You haven't okay. seen Diamond perform, Slake. Yeah, here's the thing. First of all, you haven't seen Diamond perform. Second of all, the only thing better than a dead Dawson is a Dawson in eternal servitude to Mary. That's all I'm saying. Do you really want someone that slippery in a Mary's loose, service? Slake. The, the voice, Slake. <laughs> The dance moves, the glutes. You've never seen anything like it. Yeah, the glutes, though, Slake. <laughs> just imagine. Mary, uh, Mary just is the... behind you suddenly, and she signs, I don't think the glutes are relevant to this situation. <laughs> Mary, what do you think we should do? Well, I think, uh, gl- glutes aside. From side to side. <laughs> I think... He would be worse to have not on our side than on our side. I guess you're probably right. Yeah, Mary, you're definitely right. Yeah, I Mary, think that that's right. a great point, and it it it, it alone has convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing else is really. There's no other factor in no. our decision making process besides <laughs> that. Mary nods, and then she she touches your arm, Slake, and she signs. Don't worry. We'll be careful. 
All right. Careful with those hot buns. <laughs> Corbin. And she she turns around to Dawson and takes two steps forward with her head held high. She signs over her shoulder, Slake, will you please hold out your pick? Okay. And then she looks at Dawson and signs, if we are to do this, then you will swear not to work against us, and I will bind you to it. Kneel under the pick. Get him, Mary, get him. Oh, hell yeah, Mary. Get him, Mary. <laughs> and Dawson looks at you all and he says, now I don't think of binding oath is Kneel really- under the pick, Dawson. <laughs> Kneel, Dawson. <laughs> you heard, Mary. And he looks at you all and he says, fine, but only a five minute concert. And he <laughs> gets down on his knees with your pick hanging over his neck, Slake. And Mary puts a hand on his shoulder and signs, You will not work against us. This you swear. This I swear. And in return, you will not die by our actions in the coming conflict. And he looks up and starts to say, Now that's not really... And then he sees the tip of Slake's pick above him. And he goes... All right. And Mary signs, this I swear. All right, I think that does it. <laughs> and he gets up and he like shakes himself off and goes, Ugh, oh, I hated that. I hated that. Terrible. Bad. But ultimately acceptable. Where's the concert? Concert. Diamond. Concert. Concert. Diamond. Concert. And he... And he claps his hands twice and comes springing forth. From seven leagues away, <laughs> Diamond <laughs> lands in front of you with his loot. He says, I believe a song of champions is in order. In dark of night, while battle brewed, the conquest laughed and boomed. The shield was strong, the walls were tall, but neath the lake a shadow loomed. The broken blood of thunder made no sound upon the circle Till roar and screech and wings renewed a thunderous dragon scourge Survive, 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 we prayed for our survival But from the sky the gods did send three champions out And plots were thwarted on they came to Survive, 
Okay. 